This is episode number 43 of the Abuse Talk podcast. Welcome to the Abuse Talk podcast. My name is Jennifer Gilmore and I turned my pain into a purpose. I'm an author and advocate for women in abusive relationships and believe that together we are louder. Each fortnight there is a new episode on the Abuse Talk podcast featuring a series of interviews with those that work in the domestic abuse sector and sharing it with all of you. We are also mixing it with survivor stories, those with lived experiences. We can learn from them and help raise the awareness of domestic abuse. In this episode, I speak to Sula, who is an author, and we talk about her novel, Broken Pieces of Tomorrow, and a bunch of other things, to be honest. It was so good to talk with her after knowing her so long online. Before we get started, I want to say a big thank you to our main sponsor, Rockpool, and they have a virtual roadshow happening on the 17th of June. At the moment, you can just save the date, so pop that in your diary, and you can check them out at rockpool.life. I also want to say a big thank you to Katrina Hay for continuing to support me on Patreon on the hashtag AbuseTalkTia. Check it out, patreon.com forward slash Jen L. Gilmore. I think it's about time to get right into that conversation. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. And thanks, Jen, for having me here. Um, Yeah, we connected on Instagram, didn't we? It seems like a long time ago. I think we've both come a long way since those first, hi, follow me, I'm following you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, um, I think I got involved because you were doing something with the hashtag isolation junction. Mm. And I think I shared and kind of tapped into a few a few ideas behind that on my feed. Um, and then thinking about it, it actually links in quite well with one of the themes covered in my semi-biographical book, uh, Broken Pieces of Tomorrow, which is actually my, well, my debut novel. I've written three since then. Um But yeah, it was kind of um, a book that I wrote in a way to kind of move myself forward emotionally from the breakdown of a relationship. It was my marriage, my marriage of 14 years, but a relationship I'd been in for 22 years. And um, at the time when everything just fell in on me, all I was focused on was how am I going to carry on how am I going to keep things you know constant and normal and as happy as possible not only for me but for my three young children I had three boys three young children all boys at the time um, still boys <laughs> and um, I think I wrote the book to kind of work things out and look back and see what had gone wrong why it had gone wrong how it had impacted on me mm. um, And then I think through conversations with people like you involved in abuse and in supporting people in abusive relationships, I realised that on some level, my own relationship had been abusive. Um, That makes me really sad to have to say that. (laughs) Mm. 
And I think um, I know we 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 sort of had conversations uh, uh, about both of our journeys. I think, and um, one of the things that was apparent for me was the emotional abuse side of things, and me feeling almost like that wasn't recognised back when I was experiencing it, because I think domestic abuse is often portrayed as physical. And it can be a real struggle for those who are maybe experiencing different form of forms of abuse to actually recognize what that is. And it sounds almost like you've had the realization along your journey, but after that relationship had ended. And I think, you know, for me, it took nine months, but I've spoken to people where it's been years and it's really sad because there is so much work to then be done on the emotional recovery of that. So yeah. at what point for you did you have that kind of realisation? Um, I think it really was at that time when I started writing the book and I started looking back at various incidences that had happened Um you know, the way I was spoken to, the way I was expected to behave, um, all those expectations within the relationship sometimes looking back seemed really big and unfair and impossible really to live up to. Um, you know, as, as a young sort of mid 20 year old, you know, life, life was for living and I didn't really think about it back then. You know, I'd been with with, with this person a long time, we've kind of grown up together. Um, so you could say that, you know, for, for other people looking in, they could possibly see that, that level of abuse already happening, but I couldn't, mm. I couldn't see it. And like I said, it wasn't till, you know, 10 years after we'd, we'd finished that um, I began to realize that actually I, I, I was hurt and I was emotionally abused and it did impact on me and there are certain reactions that I have to things around me or people around me now that I think are as a result of what happened to me Um, and without people knowing that they might sort of look at me and think oh that's an odd reaction why is she reacting like that Mm. but actually these things do stay with you and like you said emotional abuse you know sits in the back of your mind sits deep in your heart for a long time whereas maybe the physical abuse you know and I'm not talking from experience because I didn't have any physical Mm. abuse but maybe you know bruises heal I don't know is there a difference um I I couldn't tell I couldn't tell you um but even talking to you now I can feel myself getting quite emotional about things because I haven't really talked about my relationship in these terms before Mm. no well thank you for for sharing and what I think is really interesting is you know you mentioned it was the beginning of your writing journey upon that reflection maybe if you hadn't even entered that writing journey would you have come to those realizations and so it shows that there are different forms of I want to call it kind of like therapy because for me writing is definitely a therapy 
just like art can be or any other kind of uh, methods that you can you know go about your way but writing is really powerful and I would love to just go back before that moment and see if your intention of the book was about your um the breakdown of your marriage or whether you had a different intention for the book did your writing carry you away down a different route Um, it did carry me down a different route to a degree that's why when I talk about the book I say it's semi-biographical because there are parts of the story that are completely fictional Um, they've been added in to create drama to create mystery and tension Um, and a lot of those moments were were suggestions from my writing group actually you know who said you know one of the things that a lot of um, writing mentors and, and writing critiques critiquers say is just because it happened it doesn't mean it's interesting for someone else to read mm. uh, so you know and I, I think there's a lot of truth in that I think you can get carried away just writing your story just from your point of view without input from others um, so I feel that the story started almost as a therapeutic journey for me. Um, but along the way, as you've just touched on, it actually ignited a, a passion in me for writing. And that writing has since taken me along so many different paths. And I've met so many incredible people, um, you being one of them, Jen, because honestly, I know we haven't really spoken a lot before but I know our engagement on our social media has always been very supportive and very reciprocal and that's one thing I like about women in particular I think women when we when we come together we're such a we're such a we're such a force we're so strong together we can really help each other and empower each other And I think that's so important because it is easy to become isolated when you're down, when things are going wrong. Mm. Um, So, yeah, that, you know, the book kind of brought everything to the fore. But actually, by the end of the book, it created and opened up so many new avenues for me as well. Wow. I mean, it sounds like you've been you have been on a journey and um Obviously, you've you've published two other books aside from um, your debut novel. So I'd love to know: are they are they linked in any way? Do they have the same you know feeling? Is it are they completely separate? What what are they about? Um, they're all completely separate. So they're all standalone novels. Um, the common thread amongst all of them, or between all of them, is relationships and how people support each other, whether it be through heartache, through grief, through pain, um, through being let down, um, through the expectations of others. You know, that can put huge pressure on us to behave in a certain way. Some people end up living their whole lives miserable because they're so, they're so set on or on living the way other people expect them to be living you know what I mean it's Mm. I don't know so um yeah I'm, I'm big on realism I'm big on relationships on keeping it real um 
But strangely enough, I do like a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> so my my books all have a happy ever after. <laughs> oh, that well, that's nice because I I do believe happy ever afters exist. Um, yeah. But it's nice to hear about you know, the exploration of um, relationships, to be honest. And I don't think we talk about the context of relationships, you know, much, to be honest. And, um, you know, if we think about, I always go on about this, but if we think about the school system, it's like sex ed is just, you know, sex. Um, You know, it's not about choosing the right person or how what a healthy relationship and what an unhealthy relationship looks like and how you should feel and what emotions it stirs up it's all the physical element of that relationship and for women especially and um, I can't remember I was reading about this the other day there was um, I was reading something about how women need the immersion and the affection really to get to the point of being ready to even have sex whereas I don't think that's really spoken about and I know personally I know we're going down a different path that I have to have that um affection you can't just go from a to z can you 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 have to go through like a process almost and I think that's missing out from our lives in in a way um in our children's lives and I think it's really important to sort of open that up um so I don't know how you feel about relationships in that and that kind of context um I do agree with you and um I did teach in the secondary school for 10 years as well so um I have got experience of being head of PSHE within the school so personal social health and um economic development and sex education in some ways you know the root of it is still the same but in many ways it has changed for example you know my curriculum for example included things like consent Mm. it included things like um are you comfortable doing something um you are you are able to change your mind you know you can say yes and then say no and that's okay we talked about bullying, we talked about relationships between boyfriends and girlfriends and friends and fathers and mothers and mothers and daughters and you know so we covered the whole spectrum Um, and I know in a lot of schools for example bullying is a huge thing as well, most schools I think probably through statutory requirements have to have an anti-bullying policy now. Yes. So I think things are changing, but I think we're not changing fast enough, for example, in relation to social media and how quickly social media is changing. Mm. For example, if we were having a hard time at school with somebody, we'd go home and that would be the end of it, at least until the next morning. Whereas now, nearly every child, probably from about the age of, I don't know, maybe even as young as eight, Mm. has got a mobile phone. And the apps that they've got downloaded on it is, we can never keep up with those apps. I mean, all the training I had, for example, you know, there were over 50 different apps. It was unbelievable, you know, things that I wouldn't even think about as a parent or even as a teacher at the time. Mm. So I think it's important that we get behind 
young people and our, our children and those in our care and talk about what's healthy and what isn't healthy. You know, because even a comment that keeps coming back again and again and again can cause emotional grief and that mm. then becomes emotional abuse. So I think you've touched on something there that actually is huge, Jen. Honestly, I think we could <laughs> we could do a whole series <laughs> on technology and how it impacts health and well-being and, and mental health and well-being. It's um yeah, it's a huge area and one yeah. that I know a lot of schools do try to include in their their PSHE curriculum. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh it's really difficult because for schools I'm not you know I'm not going to say it's like this is an easy option this isn't something easy to put into place but actually because there there's not just one area to focus on and they've got all of these different um sort of categories they've got to tick off and fulfill and get done it almost means that they are doing almost like what they need to do to get it done um Whereas um, I had the opportunity to go and in, sit in their, um, my school's domestic abuse staff training and it was one person that had gone on a two-day training course and then they recited the training in an hour staff yeah. meeting with the whole of the school. So you've got to think, uh, how effective is that? Yeah. And also... Um, would it have been better for me to have actually just taken part in that and shared experiences rather than rushing through terminology that might just yeah. go over somebody's head? And it's really difficult because I know there's a time issue and I know there isn't the time, but imagine how many children could potentially be helped if they're in that situation. Yeah. And um, just with anything, but yeah, I do think we could probably do a whole series on on this area. And I have um, an eleven year old daughter with a mobile phone, and it yeah. is very much apparent about the whole, you know, school issues come home with her. That you know, we had that luxury, is how I see it, as yeah. we come home and we get that mental break from the drama you know the hormones the (laughs) whatever is happening in in the friendship groups but she doesn't get that so it's almost trying to educate her on let's switch off your phone for a few hours today or let's we're going out and trying to give her that mental break um and knowing to switch off but I mean there's good parts to it because obviously in lockdown we actually gave her a mobile phone a lot earlier because yeah. we felt that she was struggling because she had just me, dad, and their, yeah. her siblings. So it actually opened her world in the right way for that period of time. That's right. Oh, yeah. We have totally digressed here, um, but oh, that's yeah. <laughs> that's how yeah, conversations go. And uh, <laughs> You've said something really interesting there, though, about it's not just about regurgitating statistics and terminology. Mm. It's about... Um, it's, it is storytelling, I think, at the end of the day. I think it's how you make people feel that will, that will make them remember what you've said. So I think storytelling in any kind of training situation is really important. And actually, through Broken Pieces of Tomorrow, I know that the story thread in that has impacted 
on so many women. I've had messages from women saying, oh my gosh, I didn't realise I, I, I was in this situation until I read your book and read your reaction and saw how you came out of it and saw what happened. Or thank you for, thank you for such an inspirational story. I know now that I don't have to live like this for the rest of my life. I don't have to be afraid of moving on, of breaking up, of changing things. Um, so again, I think storytelling and connecting people, connecting with people through our own experiences really does make a huge difference. And I wish I was as brave as you. I wish I could actually, you know, get out there and maybe talk more about, you know, I've done so much in my life as well. I've got so many stories. Um, I, I'm not as good at speaking about things as I am sort of writing them down. I, I'm much clearer writing things down in a story format than I am speaking. Um, but, yeah, I think... Um, you know, the whole abuse thing, the whole mental wellness thing, I think at the end of the day, it really is about reaching out. Because if we if we can make one less person feel not alone, less isolated, and being, you know, having someone to reach out to, I think we're, we're doing a good job. I think we're doing okay. Um, and I think we need to be caring. At the end of the day, we need we need to be caring. We need to be empathetic. You know, kindness is so important. You know, there's that saying that, you know, don't judge me. Don't judge me by the chapter you've just walked in on. And don't judge a book by its cover. And all, all those cliched kind of sayings, you know, open up a plethora of stories that sometimes are unimaginable. You know, mm -hmm. we, we never know what's underneath somebody, you know, underneath somebody's you know, facade behind someone's smile. Um, th there's always a story to be shared. Definitely. And, um, you know, the, the thread that you spoke about and the fact that you've, you know, spoken about some of your experiences today, that's almost a first step in itself. And I think as women, we compare ourselves quite a lot. So... Yeah. And, and I think for each and every individual person, we're able to express in different ways. So I might be able to talk comfortably about it, but my writing might not be able to portray it in the best yeah. way. So, yeah. but how, however, for you, you've got that ability to write it, but perhaps not speak it in you know or in a comfortable way so yeah. I think we have to just appreciate where we are and that it's a, a first step or it's uh, moving forward and you know you should be really proud of yourself for taking those steps for recognizing that your relationship um, had those emotional abusive connotations in it and then actually being able to thread that through your book and help so many people that have come forward in your inbox. So, yeah. you know, think about that side of things as well. And, um, but as women in general, and I'm sure this is um, the same for men with comparison, but from speaking from experience, right from a young age, you know, we are looking at, if you look at media and how we, um, 
look at uh, how we take it in. And obviously, we've covered the whole mobile phone issue with uh, children these days. That's just going to become even more of a big problem if we don't um, address it. And I recently saw in the news as well that um, the, in, in the news that celebrities might have to state whether their image is has been adjusted in any way which I think would be pretty amazing, to be honest. I think we definitely need more. This is a a non-edited photo and this is what the edited photo looks like so that we give realism to younger children as well. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely another angle, isn't it? Yeah, because that's a huge thing, you know, and it, you know, confidence is a huge thing as well. And if, if something knocks your confidence, then you do have that, you know, you do have that other knock-on effect. It can affect confidence in the classroom, confidence at home, confidence in amongst your peers. Um, you know, it, it, it can affect, you know, what you achieve in school and what you don't achieve in school. You know, I mean, it's it's huge. So I think, yeah, there's, there's definitely so much to be done there. And I... I don't understand why celebrities, when they're so big anyway, need to even polish up their cheekbones or trim their, do you know what I mean, their double chin or, you know, whatever it might be. I mean, they all, you know, we're all human at the end of the day. <laughs> I know they're already probably slim because they go to the gym and, you know, yeah, amazing yeah. in real life. So why do we need to alter that? But at the same time, we end up being you know sucked into that and definitely when I've looked at filters I've gone wow I look so much better with this filter and um, that's dangerous because it's actually actually people don't look at me like that in real life you know I've not got big eyes and a chiseled chin or whatever you want to call it um but no, we've 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 covered random. We've had a random <laughs> conversation, but that's that's what I love, and I think you can tell that we've both had those really comfortable chats along the way on Instagram, which has been a delight. And it's so good to hear that you tapped into the hashtag isolation junction, which was a couple, which was more than a couple of years ago now, um, and we set it up as a, a challenge to sort of talk about happy moments in our lives as opposed to the negative. And I think it was for the Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And I always like to be positive if I can and focus on life after abuse, not yeah. forgetting what happened, but looking at how we can change habits or how we can take steps forward or how I can learn from what happened and help each other's. And I think, um, you know, you cover that as well with your um, debut novel. So could you tell everybody where they can get a copy of Broken Pieces of Tomorrow? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, well, to be honest, it's available on Amazon. Go to Amazon. (laughs) Um, It's available worldwide. It's um, also available at as a second-hand book as well, so on places like Hive and Book Depository. Um, there's a number of eBay sellers selling second-hand copies as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, where, wherever you look, it pops up, to be honest, which is which is great. Um, and I, it's been a fabulous book club read as well. So if anyone out there does book club, then Broken Pieces of Tomorrow could be a book club read. 
It's also available as a download on Kindle. So if you don't want to invest in the paperback, which I know is always a little bit more expensive, it is available as an, a Kindle download as well. That's fantastic. And um, where can everyone find you online? They can find me online at Sula Says on Instagram or schristadulu2 on Twitter. Um, and also I have a website, sula-author.com. Fantastic. Well, what I'll do is I'll also pop the information in the description of this episode. So if anybody is trying to um, find the spelling, that is one of the things yeah. there. Um, I'll pop it in the description so you can head straight to um, Sula's website, um, social media links and her books. Um, well, that leaves me to say a big thank you for, for joining in this conversation that we've had, you know, speaking about your debut novel. We've spoken about your journey. We've also digressed and gone into the school system and uh, <laughs> talked about relationships. But again, important conversations that we need to to have, really. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. And thank you so much, Jen. I know we've tried... I think this is probably the third time. So third time lucky. Uh, thank you very much. I've really enjoyed talking to you. It's been great. And I wish you all the best as well with, with everything that you're doing too. Oh, thank you. Once again, thank you to Sula. What It just explains that social media can bring people together because we'd been connected for quite a few years now, hadn't realised it'd been so long and finally got her on the podcast. So thank you so much for that. Um, hopefully you enjoyed the conversation. Tweet us at hashtag abuse talk, share it online. Who do you think wants to listen to a conversation like that? There were so many different aspects to it share it with them and wherever you're listening to the podcast we'd love to have a review from you so whether that's on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts or anywhere else please do leave us a review so we know how we're getting on and you've been listening to me Jennifer Gilmore author of Isolation Junction and Clipped Wings both are available on Amazon. (laughs) 